and brought up by Timothy Lilligren. Right wing side, Achari. Achari got it to the front of the net, but it was knocked away. Three Leafs ball. Here's a three on two rush. Cross the line for Cousins. Cousins closing, shooting, scores! Nick Cousins wins the series for the Florida Panthers. And just like that, it's over. Florida wins it 3-2, wins the uh, series four games to one. Welcome to the postgame show. Jim Taddy and Frankie Corrado with you. And, Frankie, I was seated beside you when the Leafs were trapped when they got caught on the rush. I, I just had a feeling it was over, and it was. That's overtime hockey. That's just the way it goes in overtime. One opportunity at one end. The rush, the game starts breaking out, becomes a wide-open game, and that's all it takes sometimes in overtime. It's a... It's a it's, it's devastating for if you were in the building and you watched this game tonight because you know how well of a game the Leafs played. Those guys left it all on the ice. They did. Um, and, and so I guess the grand question is, uh, when you go over this, they, it goes into the books as a 4-1 series loss. Uh, clearly, uh, there's two overtime games, so you can, you can play around with that. Um, the residue from this, um, how devastating is this? Obviously, they, they got through the first round. Uh, there was some some voids here in the second round, but I'm led. You know, when, when I go over the last three games, I, I think there's a lot there to work with. This isn't a, you know, a, your frustration doesn't rule doesn't rule what you think here, and, and you're not going to do anything on emotion. But there's a lot here to work with, and and I don't know what you know. Lee fans are obviously going to be upset about this, but I have to say, you know, one step at a time. You got through the first round. You learned a big lesson here. No question about that. Uh, then you've got the window of when people have to be re-signed, and that sort of sort of skews how you look at it, doesn't it? There's there's a lot of balls up in the air right now with this team on the ice. As far as the product there, off the ice, who's going to be involved in the future here? I mean, there's there's two different ways you can look at it. The Carolina Hurricanes they haven't been past the second round in was it four years? 2019 was the last time they made it to the conference finals. Like they've been they've been stagnant. And now they've, they've kept their core together. They've added some pieces to it. And now they're in the conference finals against the Florida Panthers. And then you look at the Florida Panthers. They made a big splash. They got rid of a 115-point player in Jonathan Huberto and a bona fide top four defenseman in Mackenzie Weger. And they brought in Matthew Kachuk. And they completely changed the complexion and the outlook, the mentality of that team. And it wasn't a great regular season. But now they're going to be playing against those very same Carolina Hurricanes in the conference final. And, and these two teams, Florida and Carolina, are almost mirror images of each other, aren't they? With the way they play, it's going to be an interesting series because Carolina, tons of puck pursuit. Florida, tons of puck pursuit. Carolina is a stifling defensive team. Florida gives up a little bit more. Like they're, it, it's, What are the takeaways for us from the Leafs' point of view? Right. Well, I, there was more offense to be had as one of them. You know, when you go over a game like tonight, I mean, obviously there's that controversial goal call that, that sort of alters the movie and, and sends it into a, another loop. Um, but, uh, you know, when you when you watch and go over the, the video uh, thing in your in your brain about how they played this game tonight, there's not much to criticize there. In this game, this was a, a hard-fought game. Like, this was, a, this was a bunch of players playing for each other that didn't want their season to end. Yeah. And w- when you go back and look at the series, there's there's plenty of blame to go around and criticism that you could make. Game three, like, game three is always going to stick out as one of those ones, like, why couldn't you put it together for, for that night? Why did you have to let it get to 3 nothing? That's That's, that's going to be... It's the overtime there. That's your TSN turning point. Yeah. That, that whole game and the overtime, but... 
as far as the last two games go, it's it's hard to criticize that effort. And, and that's the biggest thing. Like, we always talk about it with this group, with this city, with the fans here. They can – it's not that they're okay with losing. Okay, they can understand losing. But the way you lose, and when, when you go out like that, like, you kind of give it your all. You play with some passion. You play with some desperation. I thought that was better than what the first three games they showed. Yeah, it, it almost cuts off the history lesson, which we always we always travel down that road when we're talking about the Leafs because it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a painful history lesson when it comes to the playoffs. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot to work with here. It's kind of stunning that you can go back to the trade deadline. Uh, six players were added, four were used extensively, uh, and and uh, you know, you you have the emergence of Joseph Wall. Wow. Was, wasn't in the picture. No. So, I mean, I could look at a lot of things here and go, you know, I want to see this again next year. Uh, and, and a lot of people would laugh at that. Why would you want to do that? Because there's a lot here. It'll be interesting in the next few days when we get the post-season uh, press conferences, who was playing hurt. I guarantee and, and you there the, was a number of them. And what the injuries were. Yeah. Because s- some of the players here, that players that were brought in, like Ryan O'Reilly's finger, I can guarantee is going to be – more hurt than we were led to believe i i don't know but there maybe austin matthews is playing with something because he just didn't seem to have that pop in his step the way he usually did like at times you saw it and you saw him take over a game but not to the point where we saw it last season morgan riley for me in in this lot these last two games and tonight especially was not only unbelievable jimmy but you think about the journey that he's been on with this team from start to finish through all the bad years, the years where he had to carry me around as a D partner and, and what he's done, like the adversity he's fought through. I thought he kind of, he, he just unleashed himself tonight. Like, and I, yeah. I really felt like he was going to be one of those guys that willed himself to a win, like willed this team to a win. And it was close. And it's unfortunate that this team's not going to get it done. And, and there's going to be a lot of question marks. Yeah, no doubt, and, and the narrative will just spin itself into a frenzy as, as time goes on in the summer just because that's what Leafs Nation does during the summer. We talk about things, we have suppositions, and, and what if this happens, what if that happens? Uh, again, I still go back to there's a, there's a lot of things here that work for me. Uh, you know, Obviously, you didn't like the first three games in this series, and that's that's kind of a silly thing to say in a playoff series that's four to seven, but, but I just uh, the way they went down swinging, resonates with me they did the 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 issue is it's a game too late that that's what it really comes down to because if if that going down swinging mentality happens in game three like we're talking about a different series and you and i are watching this game and we're saying man we're talking about florida panthers players he looks slow like he looks like he's running out of gas like you could tell the, the leafs in the last two games had done a good job of finally wearing down enough of the panthers players where it's like they don't have enough juice to go back for pucks. They're not winning the puck races that they were early on in the series. But you always go back to that TSN turning point, that critical moment, and it's game three. And if the Leafs had made that a 2-1 series and not a 3 nothing series, you bought yourself one more game. You bought yourself one more game where you could say, okay, like now we're going into game six, and the guys that were battling to just get through game five on the Florida side of things – now they got nothing going into Game Six, and we make it a we make it our series. Yeah, it's uh, and and really, you know, for everybody that was on the ice, you have to relive that overtime, the three icings, the goal. Were yeah, 
you know, the player just basically went through the entire team and scored. And the Leafs had chances tonight. Like, the Leafs had chances to close this, this game out. Sergei Bobrovsky, he was very good. Like, yeah. he, he lets in the Nylander goal. But other than that, man, like, that's that's a that's a that's a stellar performance from a from a really good goaltender, a streaky goaltender, right. a hot and cold goaltender, but the Leafs caught him when he was hot. I, I still go back to I'm absolutely stunned with with Wall. What uh, a great story! It, it's it, just a fantastic performance. I mean, if, if if this game, this this one game performance, sort of typifies what's there with this guy, uh, there were at least four opportunities in that overtime period where somehow he stopped them. And I was watching him, and just a, like a, an economy of moves, doesn't have to move very far, and just was very calm, and the puck would hit him. And this is the great great thing about a rookie goalie, the puck hits him and dies. Exactly. And that, yeah. that's not everybody. No, it's not. And it's an art, and that's such, that's such a compliment for a young goaltender. Right? Like young goalies come into the league, and they have a lot of work to do, and they're up and they're down, and you never know when the leaky one is going to go in or you never know when the goal's going to go in at the wrong time. Man, this kid was so good. He was so confident. It just seemed like the, the moment never really got to him. It's like he never even realized what the moment was. It just felt like he was playing another college hockey game or another AHL hockey game, and there he was in the pipes with, with, with you know, we just talked about all the balls that are in the air, all the question marks, all the pressure that was facing this team. And this kid was basically the backstopper for all of it. And I thought he was outstanding. And what a what a good young goaltender this guy could be. Like, we don't want to overhype things. You don't want to put too much pressure on a young player. But I will say this. The Leafs may have finally hit on a goaltender. And that's exciting. Because yes, that, that will be a drafted developed kid that you can bring along and be the goalie of the future. Now, I'm sure you, whoever you've done this with in the past, whether it's O, like Fezchuk, you guys may have said this about other goalies in the past, but this kid is the real deal. No guy. Never. There wasn't one. Jerry Sparks. No, there wasn't Never. one. No, no, no. Th- there this, was... I, I, I was. I can go back to Felix. I was really comfortable with him in the net. Yeah, Felix. You know that, that's in, that's in my TV days. Felix was the guy. Felix the cat. Yeah. 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 Felix was the guy. So you'd look at him and go, "Hey, pretty good goaltender." And yeah. you know, you get a lot of years of of, uh, of really good hockey out of the guy. And uh, they had some good playoff runs. Uh, but no, uh, and you know, Reimer obviously is the other one that was developed, and yeah, and and he's gone on. But hey, Reimer's Reimer's had a very good NHL career. Yeah, right, very but, respectable. But career. but still, I mean, when you go back over it, those three guys, uh, I mean, that that's a, well, over thirty years. Yeah, well, since Belfour left, there there wasn't really like there wasn't really that standout. Like Freddie Anderson was good. Yeah, no, I, I'm talking about developed. You're talking about the, yeah, drafted and developed. Yeah, that that's a, a big that's a void. long, long time. Yeah, that, that's not very productive. Well, but. they drafted and developed Tuca, but then he went to Boston. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> an unfortunate set how of did, circumstances. How did we <laughs> land here? How did we land here? I don't know. We're well, we're, to talk, be talking we're talking about, about pluses, season. though. I mean, there yes. there are there are some things on the table that you would look at and go, okay, I I kind of like this. I like what they did at the deadline. I liked it too. I I thought that was the right dynamic that they needed, and you and I had a conversation during the game about the the team speed. Right? Yeah. Like when the, when the Leafs play their best, how many times did you and I come on these this headset and talk about man the Leafs were fast tonight and and that was the thing that made them hard to play against. It wasn't the fact that they were going to run you out of the building. It wasn't the fact they were going to punch you in the face at at any chance they got, but at the end of the night, 
you sit there and you look back at the game and you're like, the Leafs were just too fast. They just had they had too much puck oh. pressure. They just had the puck way too much. And that's that was their identity. At some point here now, between now and next season, they need to find their identity again. Okay. Is it is it going to be that or is it going to be something different? I, I think it has to be something different, don't you? Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I like that fast kind of team. I, I like I, it, I like but, that. but 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 you need to add. You need balance. Yeah, you need balance. You can't rely just on speed. Right, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, you, you need players who can play with with pace. But I don't know, man. Look at look at Florida. What what do we say about them? They're fast. Well, they're okay. They're fast, but I mean, come on. They're I, this is a this is a remarkable team. One little turnover, and they're they're on it like like like, yeah. like, like sharks on, on blood. I mean, it's unbelievable how how they pounce on those situations and, and get a a bona fide scoring opportunity within seconds, after not looking good for five or six minutes. Florida didn't win this series by accident. Let's put it that way. No, no, no. Nothing, nothing Florida got in this series was by accident. Everything was by design. You can tell right away when you watch this team play how much urgency there is as far as pucks. Well, they know puck, what they're doing. Puck gets turned over, and it's got to get to the net very quickly. And they pounce on it, and they crash hard at the net, and that's their game plan. And that's they, they just do it over and over again. And in their own zone, it ain't pretty. Like, it's not even close to pretty in their own zone. There's plenty of chances to be had, but you know what Florida does? They just they live to fight another day. We're just going to punt it out of the zone. We're just going to go off the glass. We're just going to ice the puck, and eventually we know that our, our skilled players will find a way to get an opportunity. I don't know, just like tonight. Like, it don't, wasn't even one of their star players. It's Nick Cousins who scores the overtime winner. Opportunistic, but you weather the storm enough times, and Toronto had chances in overtime and then eventually you find your way to score a big goal. Well, look, I like I like the Florida story, and I'll tell you why. And, and it, maybe we could learn something about it here, uh, without without putting any names on it. We could do that later on. Last year they win the President's Trophy, they get skunked in the second round, and they tear it apart. Not not totally tear it apart, but they they made some really tough hockey decisions. You know what they did? They did a full renovation. Is what they did. They said. I don't even know if you want to call it a full renovation. You know when someone renos a house and they say the bones are good? Yeah. And they just work everything around that? You Cosmetic know what they said? repair. You know what they said, Jimmy? They said the bones aren't good. Yeah. So keep the electrical, keep the drywall. We're just going to do everything else in between. Structural differences. Stru- yes. Yeah. That's your yeah. real estate yeah. knowledge coming <laughs> the in The structure. Would, but that, <laughs> to tweak the structure. That's what they did. And wow. what, the, what the Leafs did at the deadline, which I agreed with, and I, and I still do at the time, yeah. was the bones were good. That's right. But we're going to work in on everything around it. We're going to bring in Achari. We're going to bring in O'Reilly. We're going to bring in Luke Shen. You, you figured that you had enough skill, enough scoring, enough firepower, enough speed that you could add players that give you those intangibles, those things that well, you were lacking, the the winning a battle when it, may, it, it might not be the case anymore, finding a block shot like Luke Shen – he was a standout for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. I thought Luke no, Shen was, was outstanding in these Wait, playoffs. They got better mileage out of him than I would have figured at the trade deadline. He was he he made the biggest impact out of anyone they brought in at the deadline. Yeah, I'm going to say that because O'Reilly was injured. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you okay. can put that asterisk yeah. on O'Reilly. Yeah. I know he has, a, he has a big goal in the Tampa series to send it to overtime, and they wouldn't have got here without that goal. But night after night, Luke Shen, he was – yeah, he was the biggest impact for them. Okay, but that the was the right deadline. thing to do at the trade it deadline. It was the right. You're thing. bringing in people to support what you have. Yeah, 
But now we're going into the off season. You have to take a look at that. You do. This is this will be last year Kyle Dubas stood by his core and he's gone to bat for them year after year after year. And it's understandable because you need to be patient and you need to allow these players to prove to you that they can do it. The issue now is is Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract for next year. No. So that needs to be sorted out first. Well, a lot of people have to figure out what, what they want to do. Yeah. You know, so that that's one thing. But that's you know? the first thing that needs to get figured out. Well, and there's two parts to that. So people would say, well, then re-sign him. Okay, maybe he doesn't want to re-sign. Exactly. We don't know that. I'm sure he would have every opportunity with a number of other franchises. But it, it's going to be a very interesting summer here because we always, we, we've been talking about it year after year. I've been on the air with you for a year and a half now. You've been on the air for much longer. My conversations have basically been with friends, family, just living in Toronto. Like This seems like it would be the year where something significant would happen player personnel-wise. We'll get into that next. Leafs are out, eliminated 4-1 in the series, 3-2 in overtime in Game 5. This is Leafs Game Night, live from Scotiabank Arena, TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena. Panthers win an overtime 3-2, win the series four games to one. So let's go downstairs. John Tavares, the Leafs captain on the difference in game five. Play player two here there. Um, some of that execution and, you know, obviously uh, two overtime games didn't go our way. You know, just cap, you know, just capitalizing one more in one of our chances and obviously could have uh, could be in a different spot right now, but um, it's a tough one. Guys battled extremely hard. I think uh, the belief never wavered, but uh, obviously, uh, yeah, just uh, hard to believe uh, it's over. What's your view on the, on the play where the goal was reviewed and ultimately not counted? I, I thought it was in. I mean, I was heading to the net. I was right there um, from my vantage point. I thought it was in. Um, obviously, they looked at it and had their reasoning that they explained. So. Um, this didn't go our way, but I thought we stayed with it and obviously felt an equalizer later. What was the message from Sheldon after the game? Uh, I think right now, just, uh, you know, not much really was said. I think uh, the group's still, you know, trying to uh, realize that uh, there's uh, there's not a tomorrow for us. What do you remember about this, this group, John? Uh... I think it was a, a great group, uh, very close. Um, made you know tremendous additions. Um, I mean, it's a great hockey club, and um, a lot of good things this season, and, and uh, put us in a good spot. Obviously, getting to the second round, but uh, not where we wanted to end up. So, um, but uh, a lot of positives. Uh, on a special group. What do you think the future holds? I haven't really thought a whole lot about tomorrow, other than still sinking in that uh, you know the result tonight was wasn't what we wanted. So um, there's a great foundation here. So you know, a lot of belief in this group. 
That is Captain John Tavares uh, summing up. You can hear the disappointment in his voice. And, of course, you're in the moment. You're, you're not really thinking about tomorrow. You're trying to survive today, and by the slimmest of our margins, they're out. That's a tough question to get asked after you lost a game. Like, what do you think the future holds? Uh, guys aren't really thinking about the future. They're, they're so focused on what's happening right now and what they need to do in the moment. And the game ends. Your, your season ends in the blink of an eye. And I always explain it to people this way. Like, you're going 100 miles per hour, and all of a sudden, it's like it's over now. Yeah. It, it's very difficult to process. It takes a long time. And especially the way the Leafs went out, that's – I mean, it's a very emotional end to the season where, you know, two weeks ago, it was jubilation because they had gotten out of the first round and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now it's very somber around here. Well, but that is the nature of the playoffs. I mean, you, you obviously you enjoy your successes, but you have to keep pushing forward, understanding that the next team you're going to play against is going to make it harder for you. I mean, no, yeah. nobody hands you anything. The thing that makes it more somber, Jimmy, is the fact that it's an opportunity squandered because you're playing against an eight seed in Florida. That's well, the bottom yeah. line. Uh, like yeah. you, you can't take them light, neat, lightly. Like You have to put some respect on their name because they knocked out Boston, and now they've knocked out Toronto, and they deserve to be where they are. But going into this series, like that's, that's a serious opportunity squandered where you think, we don't even need to go through the Bruins. We need to go through this Florida team. And there was a recipe for them to do it, but they wasted three games before they could find a way to, to get to it. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think a lot of fans would have looked at it when Boston was eliminated as, well, here's the next round, the next round, and this could work out. I would have thought that way. Uh, yeah, but absolutely. But, it, you know, it is it is an opportunity missed. Well, now, the other thing about that, sorry, Jimmy, before we move on, it's yeah. like, you know, if, if you're thinking about it as a group, you win the first round and you see Florida, it's like you should be like, you know how you just mentioned like a shark in bloodied water? Yeah. Well, that's what I think a lot of fans expected from the Leafs with the fact that you're playing Florida. It's like you have an opportunity to pounce on these guys, and they may have just won their Stanley Cup by beating the Bruins, but it almost felt like the Leafs had that mentality about being the light, beating the Lightning. And I think that's, that's where people would find disappointment in this series. Coming into the season, if you ask me, what's a success for the Leafs this year? I would have said, honestly... They need to win one round. That it would be deemed as a success for them because they hadn't done it before. Yeah. You, you cannot just say that, no, it, it's Stanley Cup or bust. They're, they were never knocking on the door for a Stanley Cup. They were knocking on the door to win a Game 7 in the first round. But when the goalposts move because you play the Florida Panthers and it's an 8 seed, that's when the disappointment starts to set in because it's an opportunity squandered. I would have answered that question as uh, the first round would have been a success, but I would have put the, the caveat in, depending on how they're eliminated, if that is the fact in the second round, that tells me a lot too. Yeah. And, and, but, and I agree with what you said. It was, it was an opportunity squandered. And when you say that, that's when I can connect the dots because there are opportunities squandered in first-round opportunities in the past that, that left a sour taste because they had they had control of those series and they just couldn't finish it. That, well, that's exactly it. And I mean, how many years in a row can you lose in the first round and not just – it seems like the definition of insanity. It's the same thing well, over and over again. Okay, so, so here's – we're, we're going to get into a, a, a 
fairly lengthy and deep discussion here. here here's, Says who? Well, here's where it gets <laughs> tricky, uh, and this is not anything the team would deal with at this particular point. But because it's a number of years into this, um, now all of a sudden you've got uh, players going into the final years of their contracts. Uh, that So you have to make a call there, right? Are there? there? There's players going into the final yeah, year. Yeah. So you've got. Oh, I, I haven't. I haven't noticed yet. This is like. This is. We've been waiting to have this conversation, and I think as a community here in Toronto, we were hoping that we could kick the can down the road on this a little bit. I longer. know, but it's here now. But now it's here. It's here. Like now it's here until until it's the window is open for both these players to sign extensions. Like this is this is where we're at. We're talking about Austin Matthews and we're talking about William Nylander, both going into the last year of their deal, both with expiring unrestricted free agent tags at the end of it. Okay, so, so let's play the grand game. Uh, you know, obviously the team's going to try and do whatever it can to re-sign them. There's a number of forwards in front of me that are uh, that are going into UFA situations, so there should be some cap room there. Uh, you have to bring that situation with both those guys to a head relatively soon, don't yes. you? You absolutely need to know if both those guys are going to stick around long term because you need to make your plans around it. Now, you said something about Kyle Dubas. Does he want to be here long term? This is the big question because if people, I think a lot of people assume, well, they'll just sign him. Yeah. And some people don't want them to sign. But he has a decision. He has a decision. He, he, he makes he the can, call. He can have another job if he so pleases. He, if he puts himself out there. As a, as a free agent GM, he would be a very hot commodity. He would be scooped up before the draft. He would be scooped up. Absolutely. And, and here's, here's what I'm going to say. This is a business. And, and so for, for – I don't know how he looks at things. That's his business. But, but as, as a guy reporting on a situation, you could look at this and go, if you hang around here for another two years, are you going to better your, your career? Maybe you might. You might win a Stanley Cup, or, or you might not. Or do you have full autonomy? Like, do, do you well, have don't, full? Yeah, we don't know these, that. These are the things we don't know. That's right. right? But, 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 if, if but in another situation, you could have full autonomy. You could have a long-term deal. It's leverage. That's what it's all about. Like, if someone wants you bad enough, well, you, you turn to them and say, okay, I would like to build out my hockey ops department like this, and then I would like full autonomy on this, and I want like. So then you start seeing, okay, like maybe the grass might be greener on the other side. Well, this is a career, so he's going to do whatever is better for himself. Why wouldn't you? Well, you would, I would. And and for the players who we're talking about, same Matthews thing. and Nylander, exact same thing. Now, the William Nylander thing for me is an interesting one because he's a polarizing player in this market. What, yeah. does, does he want to be here for the next seven, eight years? So I think you, what we have to identify is when we when we say this market, this market is peculiar that way. Because you could take any one of those core players, and, and regardless of, of whatever you want to uh, criticize them for in the playoffs for not doing whatever, in another market it wouldn't matter. In in a different market, like if, in a, in a – I don't want to say a lesser market, a quieter market. That that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. There are, like, there are plenty of markets. If where, William where that... Nylander plays in in Anaheim, he's a rock star. He's, that's that's he's, what I'm saying. He's rock star Willie Nylander with with the awesome wrist shot and the cool hair and the awesome suits, and that's what he is. But here, it's like, oh, sometimes Willie doesn't back check, or sometimes it doesn't look like he's bending his knees. Like we we really put things under a magnifying lens here in Toronto. And so if you have as a player you have the opportunity and the option to go basically anywhere you would like, cap permitting, like 
Start weighing your options there. Like, yeah. what's less stressful on you? Well, Let's, I, like, call a spade a spade, right? Well, that, that's what I'm trying to point out is, is you know, because people get paid on market value. Right. And, and a lot of people have a problem with that. That's market value. So that's, that's what the guys work. Now, if you don't want to pay that, that's your business. Yes. So and that, that could be any team. Teams walk away from deals all the time. It's not just not just here. Yeah. And, and the thing about this market is you're going to go from over-scrutinized to rock star whenever, yeah. whenever that moment and happens. And you might even get more money to do it. How about that? You might even get more money to do it because this team, as we know, is going to be strapped to the cap for the foreseeable future. Got a lot of forwards they have to sign. They do have a lot of forwards they have to sign. And they don't have a ton of money to do it. No. So look at uh, Kerfoot comes off the books. O'Reilly, Camp, Achari, uh, Bunting. He's due for Simmons, a Simmons, of course, Aston Reese. Yeah, I mean, all the, the, that's just the forwards. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff to look at here. Uh, Justin Hall on the blue line, Luke Shen on the blue line, and uh, Gustafson on the blue line. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. There's no. This is going to be a very different-looking team next year, and that should be exciting, I think. Like, this this core group, this this management group, whoever's going to be involved, should look at that as an opportunity to help shape this team for the next five years, basically. Well, so that that's a corporate decision, right? From from the very top, here's the way we're going. Here's our next. Here's our business plan for the next five years. Yeah. Now, who fits into that? Who's going to fit in? Who wants to be involved? Who gets full autonomy? Who gets to make decisions as players? How much money are you going to get? Like coming into this season. Austin Matthews wins the Hart, wins the Rocket, wins the Ted Lindsay, scores 60 goals last year. If you asked me, how much do you think he makes on his next contract? I would have said he tickles 15 million. I don't think that anymore. Not after this season. Yeah, but after this season. But not, but, not after this season. Not yeah. after this playoffs. <laughs> but if you're going to get that extension done, and you know he's going to be here for the next, he's not even a guy who signs a seven or eight year deal. He signs a four or five year deal. Yeah. And he says, okay. I'll play this out, and if I make 13 on this one, by the time the next one comes around, I'll probably have had another 60-goal season, and I'll make 15 on the next one. Because or you or could just leave and, and get, get the 50. Or, exactly. <laughs> There's a few teams yeah. around the league that have probably been posturing with their cap that, structure. That, that's, that's, well, and it's to, tough. To, it's to find a way to squeeze him in. Well, one, the, one of those teams might be in, in Los Angeles. The, the, the ticklish thing is the, the cap is not supposed to go up again much this year, but at some point it will grow. Two years. Yeah, it, so, it, it's supposed so. to go up in two. I think it might go up $1 million next year. And then it should be about four or five the year after, but that that's always subject to change, as you know, Jimmy. Yes, yes, guy. Uh, but I mean, that, that's kind of the you know this is stuff that will come out uh, by the end of next week. What we're talking about now, because for the next three or four cycles, everybody's going to be talking about what happened and you know maybe what 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 goes on. But but I, I think it, you have to do a real hard analysis of, of where this thing goes at some point because it's time to make those calls. A serious forensic audit is going to take place on CSI. This yeah. We haven't even talked about the coach, right? Like we talked about the GM, we talked about the star players. Where does the coach fit in? Because if the GM's not here, I have a hard time believing that his coach is going to be here. Okay, Although, okay. I personal, I like Sheldon Keefe as a coach. I think he does a good job. I think he's structured. I think he's detailed. I think he, I know for a fact, because I played with him, that he communicates well with his players. So, but you're the GM's guy, and you just lost to the Florida Panthers in the second round. And last year you lost in the first round. And the year before that you lost in the first round. And the year before that you lost in the bubble in the play-in. 
So the the odds might be stacked against him as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's got one year on his deal. That's a lame duck coach. Usually you would have a little more security. Yeah, I'm trying to find the right words here because I don't, I don't want to paint him into a corner. I just think that, uh, you know, at some point you do a forensic and not us, the team management goes over everything. Why did we not get it done? The answer comes out, and uh, then everybody has to th- – th- those that you are blaming for that aren't here next year. I think that's – or – Essentially. Or, or you could not do that <laughs> and then have a big problem next year. Yes, yes. You don't, you don't want to kick the, can down the, the, kick the can down the road so it's like you have multiple problems next year. No, but – You want to try and – if you're going to do some house cleaning, just get it all done in one shot. Well, if, if, you, if you know why, if, if somebody at the hierarchy understands why this didn't happen and doesn't act on it, that's, that's, that's a big error. Yes. Because you have to correct it. Well, that's why I think this would be the summer where something bold happens. As, yeah. as far as player personnel goes, something bold will happen this summer. What that is, like we probably, you and I, need to sit down and maybe we'll get a round of golf in and we'll chew the fat. We'll what, do baby? our own. What, what, maybe. I, I'm just saying, we yeah. will. We will. Like we'll, we'll do our own forensic audit. We'll chew the fat on things. Like there, There's conversations to be had on any one of those core players and what their future should be with the team. Yeah, and it's just a, it's a perception of where this goes and, and how you're going to get there. So we'll continue that conversation next. This is Leafs Game Night Live from Scotiabank Arena on TSN 1050, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs Radio Network. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena. As you're well aware, Florida wins the game 3-2 in overtime, wins the series four games to one. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. So, uh, Frankie, the reason why I went down that road was uh, about the fix what went wrong or you're doomed. Uh, I've compared the Raptors story to the Leafs story on, on various subjects over the years. The Raptors last year did not make the summer moves that they had to, and this was a tough season for them. It was. It Co- cost them their coach, and, and don't don't really know exactly how they worked their way out of it. But but that's what happens when you don't correct things or, or don't add or, or don't push forward. Well, part of that is this core has been together, and constantly the GM has gone to bat for them and said, I believe in this group. I, I'm not breaking up this group. They can do it. And they did it in the first round. But now you got to the second round, and you ran into the same problems that you had historically in the first round. So what do you do? Do you, do you decide that it actually is time? And if you do, you're right. Like it's time to make that, that decision as far as who goes, who stays. But those decisions might get made for you, unfortunately. Yeah. Like if one of those players, if 34 or 88 comes to you and says, listen, I'm out. Not doing it here long term. Yeah. Now, now, like, that decision is being made for you, and it's reactive instead of proactive. In this situation, you would like to be able to get ahead of this and go to those players and say, okay, like, what's it going to be? Like, are you in or are you not in? Where do you go from there? You have to be proactive. And the thing I'm also going to point out, because there's going to be a, a lot of talk about let's do this or let's do that, um, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting the proper return. So yeah. so look at what Florida did. You get a Matthew Kachuk. That that's a nice ad. That you is moved a nice out ad. a lot of good stuff, but you got a really nice ad. So so that's what you have to look at. It's it's all right to say uh, this guy doesn't want to be here, or we couldn't come to terms. We had to do this. Not acceptable. You got to get the right return. You do, and you have to get a return. If you're talking about changing the complexion of your team, changing the way the core plays, changing the the disposition of the team, then that requires something different than what you have. 
and that's exactly what Florida did. Matthew Kachuk, very, very different than Jonathan Huberto. Huberto had 115 points, but it's a very different player. Like, who's going to be out there for these guys to go out and acquire that is in the prime of their career, has a number of years left, wants to be here long term, and is going to be worth the return for a guy like Nylander, Matthews, Marner. Like, we haven't even talked about the captain. Like, this is a serious conversation that needs to happen within the confines of Leafs management and in those doors. But captain of your team makes $11 million. He's productive, but, man, when the ice shrinks up on him, he struggles at five-on-five, and that's your second-line center, and that's still going to be an issue for this team going forward. So it's not just two players that contracts are coming up, but it's players with some term left. And if you really wanted to shake things up, I think number 16, like he's, he's a, he would be a very valuable commodity around the league. Absolutely would. Very valuable. But he's, he's unbelievable in the regular season. He had his struggles in the playoffs, although he racked up a, a number of assists. But these are the kind of conversations that went from never happening, don't even come to me about it, to let's, let's have serious conversations The sample about size it. is now large enough to deal with. Yes. Yeah, so let's just go with the last minute here, go over the game. I'm, I'm still stunned that the Morgan Riley second goal was blown dead. Same, same. I just I can't I can't believe I saw that. It's a totally different game if that goal is allowed to go in. It it really is and and really it it probably is a goal, but like you and I are watching it on a monitor here in the arena. We're we're thinking back to watching it in in real time. I don't remember a whistle, you don't remember a no. whistle and but the neutral zone ref on as the as the save was made, that's what we were told. Our guys back at the station listened to the, uh, the TV broadcast, the American TV broadcast, and they replayed it back a number of times, and that's what they concluded. And I thought, that just doesn't make any sense. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. And it had a big impact on the game, Jimmy. Oh, that was the – you just took the air out of the building. Yeah. At that point, this place was, was just flying. It was coming to life. Yeah. It really was. What a, what a strange ending, literally. What a strange ending to the season, Jimmy. It's been a pleasure, buddy. And Another we'll, season we'll, in the books. Don't forget, you'll we'll enjoy your work on Yes Guy, the radio show, noon TSN 1050 tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's outrageous. <laughs> Take the rest of the night off. See you, buddy. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.